Welcome to Career Central with Lorraine Beeman. In this program, you will hear from career management experts who will provide guidance and strategies to help you advance or change your career. Now, here is your host, Lorraine Beeman. Welcome to Career Central. I'm Lorraine Beeman, your host of an hour totally committed to helping you achieve your career goals. This morning, our guest is Thea Kelly, an expert on interviewing who will enlighten us on how to prepare for and exceed in a job interview. Last week, Thea and I started a conversation about interviewing, and you could probably tell we ran out of time before we could cover some very important points. I asked her to return this week to continue the conversation. Our scheduled guest, James Hugh, the CEO of JobScan, graciously agreed to be on a later show. If you are interviewing for a job, but not getting offers or want to be ready when you are invited to interview, you are listening to the right podcast. Thea, welcome back. Nice to be back. Really enjoyed our talk last week. It was so much fun. But bef- before we start, in case we have some um, listeners who weren't able to um, tune in last week, um, share a little bit about your career, your background. Okay. So um, I started Thea Kelly Career Services in 2008. And uh, before that time, I also had many years of experience in um, working in various organizations that help people find jobs and uh, doing interview, interviewing workshops and writing manuals and uh, all kinds of things involving communications as well, doing uh, corporate training and success coaching and lots of different things, writing, editing. So it's all about communication. And I find that some of those skills come up when I'm working with interview coaching clients. Uh, Sometimes, you know, they'll give an interview answer and I'm thinking like an editor and kind of editing it and then saying, well, that was great, but how about if you say a little bit like this? So uh, that's come in handy. And uh, in my time now in private practice, I am working with people from all different occupations and industries, all different career levels. Uh, especially focusing on people who are mid-career, mid-level, um, and nationwide. Yeah, And that is why we had Thea back, because she has hands-on experience working with clients and then from the corporate side has seen what companies are looking for. So a, a perfect balance. Before we move on to digging into some of the questions we didn't get to last week, you have a strategy for preparing for interviews called REV. And I think that even if people listened last week, I think it's really very valuable to review that concept. So share with us what's REV. Okay. REV is a way of understanding the key points about you that are likely to make you stand out as the person to hire. And it's very important to stand out. There's always been competition for jobs and there's even more competition than usual now. And so you want to do, you want to identify what are the top, maybe three, maybe four or five things about you that make you stand out. And those key selling points, as I sometimes call them, uh, are going to work best if they have three important factors that start with R, E, and V. So that's where REV comes from. So your key selling points have to be highly relevant to the job. And they have to be, by that I mean, they have to be what the employer is most especially looking for. So, for example, speaking French may be one of your strengths, but if you would rarely or never be doing that on the job, it can't be a key selling point. 
So relevance, that part's pretty obvious. Um, well, actually, the less obvious thing about it, um, sometimes people will say that one of their key selling points is ethics. Um, that's not really a key selling point. It's a super essential thing to have. But that's why employers assume that you have that. So um, a key selling point would be something that's more directly job related and not so much a basic, you know, human quality. Um, so the second key quality that your selling points have to have in order to really work and make you stand out, they have to represent something about you that's exceptional. So you may have all the uh, qualifications listed in the job posting, and that's great. But just having those does not make you as, uh, exceptional. It doesn't make one of your selling points exceptional because maybe every candidate they'll be interviewing, for example, uses Excel because that's part of the job is you need to use Excel. So your skills in Excel are not a selling point unless they're exceptional. Like, for instance, maybe you have very advanced skills like pivot tables and things like that. And if those are also relevant, then that could be a key selling point, that advanced level of skill with Excel. Um, and then thirdly, your, your key selling points have to be verifiable. And by that, I mean, you have to have some kind of evidence or proof that makes it uh, clear that what you're saying is not just a matter of your opinion. So for example, if one of your key selling points is the amount of experience you have, that's pretty verifiable. They see it on the resume. They're gonna tend to assume that you're telling the truth about having that experience. And then eventually they'll do a background check. On the other hand, if you're saying that one of your key selling points, if you're thinking, okay, my communication skills or my people skills, well, everybody thinks they have good people skills. And just saying I have great people skills is not gonna convince anybody. So how can you make that verifiable? And it might be verifiable because there are certain facts like the fact that you um, have had this tremendous sales track record or the fact that you have coached your staff and then they have gone on to achieve great kudos and, and get promotions. Or another aspect of people skills might be maybe on your LinkedIn recommendations, you have people saying they were great to work with, fantastic attitude, uh, you know, things like that. Yeah, so you do want those key selling points to have rev, relevant, exceptional, verifiable. And then you want to emphasize those key selling points throughout your interview and throughout your job search, like maybe uh, giving an answer to tell me about yourself that makes all three of those points, or maybe it's three, maybe it's four, maybe it's five, makes your key selling points very clear and uh, having plenty of stories that demonstrate those things and so on. So that's what rev is. And I wanted to, um have you talk about it again because we're going to start talking about the strategies of actual interviewing experience but unless you're well prepared unless you have your rev unless you have your stories you know going to the interview you may have all the technical stuff down but if you haven't got the story you're not going to secure the offer so i wanted to keep it in perspective because now we really are going to jump into the fact that with COVID-19 and the pandemic, interviewing has changed. And um, Thea was sharing that she th has seen that companies are actually going to continue using Zoom interviews into the future. Is that, is that what you were sharing? Yeah, I read a recent recruiter survey 
um, showing that there's about 40% of companies are planning to use video interviewing a lot more in the future or even use it as their main mode of interviewing, even after the COVID situation is kind of settled down into a new normal. So um, on the other hand, that means a lot of companies are also going to bring back on-site. But especially for that initial interview, which used to be a phone interview, that might now more and more be a Zoom interview. And a lot of your uh, later in interviews are still going to be Zoom or, or some other form of video interview. So we need to increasingly get comfortable with that. And we're going to give you some tips that are simple and easy to follow and will make you look really good in a video interview. So if you're out there thinking, oh, I have a job, I'm not going to be looking for another job for a couple of years, this is relevant information because yeah. the landscape of interviewing and how companies are going to interact with candidates is changing. And Thea has done both research and um, firsthand um, experience with video. And in fact, um, some of you uh, if you're on Facebook Live with us, you can see how well her setup is and, and how well she presents. And so we're going to dig in and uh, find out all those little tips for making sure that you look good on a video interview. Yep. So why don't you just walk us through how you prepare your clients for video interviews? Right. Well, first of all, um, we do our, our coaching sessions through video. So the, one of the first things I do when we start a session is say, okay, now let me give you some tips on uh, how to set things up here. And one of the most common things that I see is people who um, seem to be looking down at me or looking up at me or looking off to the side while we're in it, while we're talking. And that's because they, first of all, they don't maybe have the camera of their computer um, slightly above eye level. So, you know, sometimes you don't even know where the camera is on your device. So be sure that you know where it is and then have it slightly above eye level um, because otherwise people may sort of be looking up your nose and nobody wants to do that. Um, and if you're looking down at the person and you might think with a lot of these tips about video, you might think, yes, but won't the interviewer see through that and won't they realize that, uh, that just because I'm not great at video interviewing, that has nothing to do with doing the job. And you're probably already ahead of me there, viewers. You're probably already realizing, well, no, a lot of time we're going to be doing the job that way these days. And even if you're not going to be doing the job that way, the fact is um, they will just be more comfortable talking to you in that interview if the technical stuff is handled. Because then everything's smooth and they're free to just focus on feeling a sense of relationship with you and uh, experiencing what you're saying and, and uh, yeah, and the interview itself. So, yeah, go on. Uh, sometimes you and I go down side roads and I'll try not to go down too many, but actually that eye contact is such an important part yes. of the interview. And yes, the person can say, oh, well, they're on Zoom, but the impression somebody makes is not so much an intellectual thing, but it is that impression, that subconscious thing that the interviewer is in the back of their mind going, oh, this person isn't looking at me. So why don't you talk, and I know you're an expert on this, why don't you talk a little bit about that eye contact and the importance of that during the interview process? Yeah, so as, as Lorraine was saying, as you're saying, Lorraine, um, it's just a gut level thing. If somebody is making notable, I mean, natural 
eye contact with you, you feel better about them. And the way to get that in video is to look at the camera a lot of the time, not constantly, because that would be like staring at somebody all the time while you're talking. But uh, you should be looking at the camera most of the time while the other person is talking and a pretty good proportion of the time while you're talking as well with occasional, if you need to look off to the side to figure something out or to remember something, that's totally natural and that's fine. Um, so it can be challenging to look at the camera and at the same time be seeing the interviewer's face because you do want to get a sense of how they're reacting to what you're saying and you want to be able to go along with their mood and so on. Um, so there are a couple ways you can do that. Uh, one is you can minimize the screen, uh, the window, and then once it's minimized, put that little picture of the interviewer's face, that little screen, move it up so that it's real near your camera. And, uh, and by the way, don't make hand gestures real close to the computer because your hands look huge. <laughs> so uh, put that little image of them right up next to the camera. And that way you can be looking at them and looking at the camera more or less at the same time. Um, and then sometimes when you maximize, like in Zoom, uh, I minimized and then maximized again and realized that although there's a big image of Lorraine down there in the middle of the screen, there's a little Im image of her up on the top. And so I can just focus on talking to that little image of her instead. And that way we get the impression that I am making eye contact with her or whoever else is out there, uh, everybody else who's out there. Okay. So, yeah. What, what Go ahead. That. Lorraine, did you want to add anything about it? No, no, I was just saying fantastic tip on um, how, to, how to move your screen and control your screen so that you are making eye contact and looking at the camera at the same time and not having to think during the interview, where, where should my eyes be? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and eye contact is one of three things in, uh, in this recruiter survey that I may have mentioned uh, that recruiters, one of the three big mistakes they were saying that people were making about video interviews. The other two mistakes were, one was connectivity. So if you're constantly having dropouts and freezes and that sort of thing, um, again, yeah, they're not hiring you for your video equipment unless you're going to be working from home. Um, but it just makes a bad impression and it causes tension and it interrupts things. So you wanna make sure you've got at least one to four megabytes. So a good speed and you can test that online. There's uh, at least one free website where you can test that called speedtest.net. And while I said that, you may have noticed I was kind of looking off to the side a little bit. Um, this is another thing I'm gonna get back to is about how to handle notes during interviews. But let's stick with those three things for now that recruiters are saying people are having trouble with. The connectivity. Oh, and another factor of that, aside from having one to four megabytes, is that you might want to close down uh, any other apps that you're running that might use up memory. And that will help as well. And think about who else in your house might be playing video games or something like that that uses a lot of memory and make a plan with them ahead of time to, to not do that during the time when you're gonna be in your interview. Okay, so that's the connectivity issue. And then the third big issue was attire. And there are a lot of people, a lot of us are feeling these days that business has become totally casual because now we're working uh, remotely, so many of us, if we're fortunate enough to be able to do so. 
And um, that doesn't mean everything's totally casual. It's still an interview. And a good rule of thumb for interview attire is to dress one step up in formality from how you would dress to do the job. So if you would be doing the job um, in what's called business casual, which by the way, is not the same as casual. Business casual means like dress slacks or dockers or khakis or something like that that is not jeans. That kind of slacks and maybe a button front shirt or a nice cashmere sweater like this or just any nice uh, sweater that is not a t-shirt and that you know is nice and new looking. That is business casual. Business casual can even include a blazer, a jacket. <clears throat> so if you would be dressing like that to do the job, then for the interview, you should wear a suit. And uh, the best colors for an interview suit are said to be gray or navy blue. And usually not a pattern, although a very light, very fine pinstripe is okay. Black is actually not ideal. Large amounts of black can seem kind of too mm, domineering or too strong somehow. This is what some people say. I know uh, lots of other people wear black suits to interviews and it goes fine. So it's not as crucial as the fact that you're wearing a suit. And um, for men, of course, a tie. Uh, and yeah, um, I think women, oh, makeup, both for men, women, any gender, having some makeup on a video call is not a bad idea. And even if you don't normally wear any makeup, like say you're a man or you're just a woman who prefers not to wear any makeup, you still might want to just wear a little tinted lip balm if your lips are very pale, as often happens to a lot of us as we get a little older. Um, and if your skin is a little bit dried out looking, you might want to put on some moisturizer. If you're glossy, you might want to put on a little powder just in the places that tend to get too shiny. That would be, I think, uh, a real minimum. And I also feel like uh, women do tend to look more dressed up with a little lipstick on. I'm not going to push that on anybody. You know, you can rock the business look without it. Um, and so whatever makes you look fully dressed in business attire. Now, what if you're going to be doing your job in flip-flops and blue jeans and t-shirts? Great. Lucky you. Your step up would be up to business casual for the interview. So just the fact that it's video does not mean you're not wearing interview attire. And, uh, you are on, and you are on camera. That's something to remember that it's not the same as being in the office and being natural and natural light. You are on camera. We are going to take a very, very short break and then come back and continue our discussion on how to ace that online interview. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career transition specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy-to-read how-to book, Career Restart. Practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career, from how to prepare for a termination meeting 
to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired. Tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success. Career Restart, practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Available at Amazon.com. Click the link on the Career Central show page to pick up your copy today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview, the number two, work.com. Now, back to Career Central. Welcome back. We've been having a wonderful conversation with Thea Kelly. We just covered what to wear on a, during a video interview, and now we're going to talk about the backdrop. We During the break, we are talking about the fact that Traditionally, you went to someone's office, they had good lighting, they were used to the background, but now they're popping into your space. And so, Thea, why don't you kick off the discussion on the background that you want to create when you're interviewing? Right. Now, don't get scared out there. It's nothing all that elaborate. You're not going to have to buy new furniture and so on. Uh, But what you want to have is a relatively uncluttered, undistracting background that looks fairly businesslike. Um, So I think I've done okay here. This is my office. You see a bookcase. You see some framed certificates. It's pretty businesslike, and it's not very cluttered. There's maybe a little clutter in that the bookcase, you know, has things in it, but uh, still. Um, What you really want to avoid above all is a bedroom and a a bed nearby you. It's just, it's like uncomfortably not businesslike. It's not anything that that a person who's working with you would see. Um, a kitchen, also not terribly businesslike. Also, kitchens tend to have very, very live sound, very bright, jangly kind of sound. Um, and they do tend to be cluttered. Uh, a blank wall is fine. Um, one thing that can be very handy is if you have a folding screen of some sort, because then even a bedroom or a hotel room can become a good space for interviewing. If you can, well, in a hotel, you wouldn't have your folding screen with you. Um, there you'd have to just try to find a blank wall. Um, yeah. Can you think of anything to add to that, Lorraine? No, I think that's a good point. And I know that I use um, right, I feel background, but I'm not sure that's good for interviewing. It may be great for podcasting, but what do you think about the virtual backgrounds? Well, they can be good, especially if you keep them simple. Um, but I think a natural background is a little less distracting. The virtual background kind of calls attention to itself like, hey, I'm using yeah. a virtual background. Uh, but if you are going to use one, if, the, if that is really necessary for you, just keep it pretty simple. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
So we're dressed for success. We, background looks great. But then the number one thing is lighting, because again, that's one of those things that triggers somebody's feelings about, you know, whether it's, it's a warm feeling or, ooh, it's kind of cold. So sh share your tips on lighting. Right. So many, many times I've done interview coaching sessions with clients where I could hardly see them because it was really dark, or maybe there's a lot of light behind them. Uh, like maybe there's a window behind them, but there's no light on their face or there's light on their face, but only from above. And so there's these harsh shadows. And, uh, and this kind of reminds me of a scene, uh, one of the episodes of Seinfeld that some of you might have seen where Jerry is dating a woman who normally looks very pretty, but every now and then she'll suddenly look scary. Like there's this darkness about her and she's like something out of a horror movie. And they've done that, maybe they use some makeup, but they've largely done that through lighting. So bad lighting can make you look kind of scary and unapproachable. But also another thing about good lighting is it makes you look more attractive and it can make you look younger as well. If you have poor lighting um, on you, that can, that can sort of age your face. So what would be good lighting? Uh, ideally, you would be looking towards a window, which is what I'm doing right now. So I've got natural sunlight. Um, but also you can use a lamp that is um, ahead of you and maybe a little off to the side, ideally. So you would put it next to your computer, for example. That could work well, uh, especially if it's right around eye level. Um, and another thing that works really well is what's called a selfie light or a ring light. And I have one here. I'm not using it at the moment because it didn't charge yet. Um, but it looks like this. And uh, you can clip one of these onto the corner of your computer and it adds just enough light. And um, other windows as well. It's, lighting from the side is always better than from the front. Lighting from the back is terrible because then you're dark and the background is lit up. Um, anything else, Lorraine, you want to add to that? I think you've, you've pretty much covered it. I just want to reinforce the, um, some of the points we made. One is the, the dressing for success, which is sort of a traditional concern when we're interviewing, but then the importance of background um, and then also the importance of lighting and um, what I really appreciate is you gave some examples on how to fix the lighting I always hate it when people say oh just get better lighting and you think what does that mean and so you have mm -hmm. to find yeah. it um, yeah. as you coach people for video interviewing is there anything else that you talk to them about any, any yeah um Noises, uh, not only, you know, noises from outside or whatnot. Uh, although, this is another reason why you might not just want to use the built-in microphone in your computer, because that's going to pick up all, all kinds of ambient noises as well as your speech. So Lorraine and I are using headsets. That works really well because these little microphones are directional. They are aimed at our mouth. Uh, so that works well. Another thing that can work well is a lavalier mic. It's just a little bitty microphone like this that you can clip on somewhere. And um, with that, you just want to be careful because if it's clipped onto your clothes, as you move around, it may go as the fabric brushes against the microphones, just like the way my hand just whacked against the microphone here. And so that brings up another thing, which is 
loads and loads of hand gestures. If you're going to do that, be very careful, not only that you're not touching the mic, but that you're not touching the um, desk that the computer is sitting on. That can make a loud thunking noise. Uh, and also if you're wearing clanky jewelry like bracelets that can make thunking noises. So you want to avoid anything like that. So that's distracting noises there. I really want to reinforce that clunky jewelry. I was interviewing someone who was so nervous and they kept banging that um, bracelet against the table. And it, it just really, even though we said, gee, you know, are you nervous or something? Just trying to give them clues to please stop doing it. It didn't work. Anymore. <laughs> you know, years later, I mean, this is probably 20 years ago. I did this interview. I still remember the person who's, you know, yeah. banging the bracelet on the, on the table. And it, it just, yeah, it made everybody nervous. And that's right. what you want to do is try and keep your interviewer calm. It, it always sounds strange. Like you're the one that's being interviewed, but there's something about keeping the interviewer calm and focused. Um, and maybe we can go down, um that path a little bit oh oh I, no you had one add i want to add something just yeah. also if you if you bang on the desk another thing that can do is it can shake the computer and cause everything to to go wobbly looking so uh that's another and i'm not saying there's a there's a myth out there that you should use never talk with your hands during an interview that's not true it is natural to do that um, but especially in a video interview you want to not do a whole lot of that and you want to not do too many um just don't let it get out of control where you're banging into things. I know it sounds stupid to tell you that, but I, I would need to be told that. So I'm sharing. <laughs> well, I think we have the, the urge to put our hands forward in a, in a welcoming, you know, like you don't get to do that handshake and all that. But when those hands are welcoming and they're in front of their, your face, they look huge. They look twice the size of your right. face. So right. um, yeah, maybe keep them low um, so that maybe people can see your fingers, but not the whole palm of your hand reaching out. So yeah. I, I, I got um, kind of interrupted, but if we can go back to how to start to build rapport with an interviewer, again, you're not in there. There's not that handshake. There's not those things that usually we emphasize to build rapport. So tips for making the interviewer feel comfortable. Yeah. So be prepared for small talk. And we're not all natural pros at small talk. I am not particularly gifted at it myself. And so I would say have a few good questions prepared for small talk purposes. And I got some good ones from uh, Steve, what is his name? Dalton, who wrote, wrote the excellent two-hour job search book. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a video um, on small talk. And in fact, you could just Google Steve Dalton small talk video and you'd probably find it. And he says a good question to ask people is, how's your day going so far? Uh, and then I'll just, you know, take from him a little bit more here. If they give you a long answer and they're very chatty, then you can be fairly chatty back in return. Uh, on the other hand, if their answer is very business-like, fine, how's yours? Then you want to be very brief and business-like, great, nice to be here. You know, you want to keep it very brief yourself. Another good question to ask them if you need another one is, um, what are you, let me see, a good second one would be, so how did you come to work here? And uh, so you might learn something about their background and that can be a good one. Another good one is, um, so what are you looking, what are you working on lately? So that shows an interest. And then it's very open-ended because they can bring up anything 
uh, or they can just say a lot, you know, and, and so you're not, it's not like you're being nosy. You're asking such a general question that they can pretty much answer it however they want to. Um, so I mentioned if they're very chatty and you could be, you can be fairly chatty back if they're all business, be, be more business like brief back. And that is something called mirroring, which means you notice the interviewer's style and you kind of go along with that style. So, uh, for example, if they're being rather formal, then you could be rather formal too. Or if they're being casual and off the wall and, and laughing and joking, then, then try to join them in that. And it even goes further than that. Uh, for instance, if they tend to, um, if they tend to use a lot of, uh, oh, okay. So like if they reach for their coffee cup at some point during the interview, that might be a signal for you to reach for your water bottle. That's a good time to do that. Although having said that, I will say that while it can be a good idea to bring some water and have it in your briefcase, just in case your throat gets dry so that you don't have to ask them to do anything for you. Uh, in general, it's a good idea to just keep it in your briefcase because it's one less thing to go wrong. Yeah, that way you can't tip it over, for example, or, or fiddle with it or make crackly noises with it. So maybe I should have thought of something better to, to mirror. Um, if they're smiling really a lot, Try to smile back with them. If they're being more serious, you still want to smile now and then. Um, smile fairly often in an interview, even if the other person is not, because it's hard to go wrong with a smile. And this is something that I've frequently seen with my clients is they're very, very serious in the interview and they don't smile. Uh, you definitely get in a better rapport with somebody if you do sincerely smile. Um, so sincerely, that's a, that's a thing we can, a path we can go down. We talked yeah, about it a little last time. Yeah, let, let's do that. Let's go. Yeah. First, I want to, to recap, and I love, yeah. have the questions ready. You're building rapport. Again, there's not that walk down the hall where you're kind of chatting with somebody, shaking hands and all of that. That's gone, and it's on you to help recreate it and recreate it by asking questions. Yeah. I love the concept of mirroring. It's something that you really, I think everybody needs to practice. Find a friend and try to mirror them. It, it can actually be, you know, fun. You know, they can change personalities and you can mirror. And but. people do that without even knowing they're doing it. That's, that's why it works is that if you just watch two people who are having a nice conversation together, you will see that they both lean forward at the same moment. They both lean back at the same moment. They both make a hand gesture at the same moment. It happens all the time. That's why it will seem natural when you do it because it is natural. Yeah. And then also... Um, Voice tone is an, another thing that you want to, yep. I think you've talked about being sensitive to the tone of the voice of the person that you're. Right. And if you're talking to someone who speaks rather quietly and you have a naturally big, boomy voice, try to quiet it down and vice versa. You're talking to an interview who's really, you know, like robust in the way they talk. Try not to be like this, you know, try and like project a little bit more. Um, yeah. Let's touch just a little bit on um, tone of voice and ch ch it's okay to check with the interviewer, you know, is my sound okay? You know, when we're in the office, we can kind of figure out if people are hearing us or not. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, how do you handle those kinds of things? Can you see me? Can you hear me? Do you have clients I ask that or just wait till somebody says something? 
I think it's not a not a bad thing to say that at the beginning. It shows it shows that you're being proactive. It shows uh, a professionalism really to check in about that. Uh, don't you don't want to ask it in a worried sort of way, but ask it with a smile. You know, you're hearing me okay. Can you see me fine? And again, that can maybe just sort of break the ice, like we're all in this yeah. together. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's very true. And by the way, if you have if you if you're doing a panel video interview and there's several faces up there, you know, you want to try and get rapport with each of them. So, uh, you know, if you see one of them chuckling about something, just smile. You don't want to ask, what are you laughing about? That's maybe <laughs> they might not want to tell you, you know, but just smile at them like, oh, I'm glad you're laughing. That you'll be very lucky if you get an interview where people are laughing, but it's not that uncommon. I, a lot of people wind up having such a good conversation with the interviewer that, that a few chuckles happen. And I think, um, let's talk a little bit about that panel interview because it's, ner you know, it's nerve wracking enough to be talking, you know, one-to-one, -one, but then you've got a screen of people and they're probably all in different locations too. So how do you maybe build that rapport if you're looking at five different folks? Yeah. Well, one thing that's very important in panel interviews is no matter who asked a certain question, you want to answer, including all of them in your answer. So go ahead and let your eyes roam over the different people while you're answering the question. Um, also, you want to be sure that you get the name of everybody. And this would be a good thing to actually write down as people are being introduced. And I find that rather than uh, write them down in a linear list, write them down in a way that uh, it's like a map. So like it's Fred over there on the left and Carlos over there on the right and Li Ping right there in the middle and you write them down that way so that you can easily refer to that. I know I, I wanna say something more about notes cause I earlier said I was going to. And that is, it can be helpful to have some very minimal notes in an interview and in an onsite you really can't go to your notes for anything other than the questions you want to ask at the end. But in a video interview, you can have some notes, but you don't want to be looking down at them because A, that really highlights that you need notes in order to talk about yourself, which you should know about without notes, I guess, supposedly. Um, but also it takes you away from that eye contact and it separates you from the person you're talking to. So there's a couple ways you can have notes. You can have some on sticky notes around the edges of the computer, especially if you put them in the places that you would normally look when you're thinking. So when you're trying to remember something, you'll usually look kind of up and to the left. So that's a good place to put the notes. But if you are looking up and to the right, you tend to be creating or inventing something and you don't want the interviewer thinking you're inventing things uh, right then in the moment. Great tips on notes. We are going to take a very quick break, come back and continue our conversation with Thea on how to ace that online interview. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career transition specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy-to-read how-to book, Career Restart. Practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss 
will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career, from how to prepare for a termination meeting to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired. Tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success. Career Restart, practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Available at Amazon.com. Click the link on the Career Central show page to pick up your copy today. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview, the number two, work.com. Now, back to Career Central. Welcome back. We've been talking with Thea Kelly about preparing for video interviews. Uh, earlier in the conversation, we were talking about the importance of sincerity, and then we got sidetracked. And so during the break, Thea and I realized that we really need to get back on that. So Thea, go ahead and share about sincerity in the interview process. Yeah. So I realized after I said that, that we actually talked about that in our last session. So I would send people back to that. But just briefly, um, you want to have a sense of personal connection with the person you're talking to, and you want them to get a feeling that you like them. And it's easier for them uh, to get that feeling that you sincerely like them if you are beginning to like them. And so there's, uh, in the other session, I gave some tips about how to do that, basically revolving around, take a little time in advance to think about that interview as a interviewer, as a person, and to realize that there are, are various ways in which you may very much get to like each other um, if you get the job and, and you move on to working together and start to sort of pave the way in your imagination for that reality to, to happen. Um, but I thought that uh, another good thing to go into now, Lorraine, would be a couple of things. One is confidence versus nervousness. And that's really important. And um, if you are relaxed and calm to a reasonable degree, uh, you're going to have an easier time getting in a personal rapport with the other person because you'll have the bandwidth mentally 
to connect with them and you won't be coming from a place of fear. So how do you get confident for an interview? I think being very well prepared is the number one thing that's going to help you be confident. So having, um, knowing what your key selling points are, having practiced good answers to the most important questions. And that's another thing we went over last time is what those questions are and how to develop good answers to them. Having practiced those answers out loud, um, having done some practice with a partner or a coach or a mock interviewer of some sort, um, having good stories to tell. These are all things that will really help you be more confident. Another thing we mentioned last time is a mental practice of imagining vividly doing a successful interview, imagining that and really imagining what you'll feel like in that successful interview. Because in that interview, you have complete control because it's all happening inside your own mind. And so you can give yourself the experience of being really calm and confident. So that's another great way to do it. And um, we've all heard it's important how you breathe you're not going to suddenly remember to breathe deeply and in a relaxed way in the interview if you haven't practiced it outside of the interview. So take some time getting used to uh, breathing, um, not by raising your shoulders up like this, but breathing deep down into your belly in a slow and comfortable way. There are probably lots of videos out there online about how to breathe for relaxation. So practice that. Catch yourself many times during the day. Um, how relaxed am I? How am I breathing? So moving on from that, um, another big topic is rambling. This is something a lot of people have trouble with. Uh, and I think one of the main causes of rambling is we keep talking because we aren't sure yet whether we've made the points that we need to make because we haven't decided in advance what are the points that we need to make. So this is another reason why being well prepared is really important because for instance, let's say the question is, uh, what, uh, what motivates you? If, if you don't yet know what, your, what the main things are that motivate you that you wanna mention in the interview, you're gonna spend two, maybe three minutes rambling and searching for your answer. If you have the answer in advance, you don't need to search for it. So um, planning is really important for that. Another thing is people will sometimes ramble because we aren't quite sure how to put a finish on it. Like an answer wants to have an ending, a little ta-da at the end, you know, but you don't know how to put that ending on it. So one way to put a nice ending on it is to refer back to what the question was. So you've just explained and you say, so that's what really, motiva what really motivates me. Boom, you know, you've wrapped it up. Another way is to uh, end by referring to how that might be useful in their company. So the answer with motivation might be, and I think that's really what will motivate me on this job. Um, wrapping it up. Another way to wrap it up is with a question. So that's a kind of quick view of my answer. Is there anything more you want to know about that? I love that. Before we move on, I, or we're getting close to the end of the show, I want to ask you a very important question. How should candidates follow up after an interview? It's over. Yeah. The sweat, all that, you're done. <laughs> but it's not, it's not really over. What do you need to do? Yeah. 
So the thank you note's very important. We know that. Um, it'll make you stand out from the other candidates who maybe don't do it. But it's not just about sending that note. It's about doing it right. One way thing about doing it right is to have it uh, get to them within about 24 hours. So we're looking at an email, probably. Um, at least an email. If you'd like to also send a handwritten thank you note, which especially in some more old-fashioned industries might be a good thing, send that in addition to the email. It'll get there a little later. It'll be one more touch point to remind them about you. Um, but at any rate, email is generally fine. And here's what you want to say in it. There's three and a half things you need to say. Uh, the first is, thank you. I appreciate your time. The second is, I'm very interested in the position. You might think that they'll assume that. They won't. It's a pet peeve of interviewers if you don't say in your thank you note, and more importantly, at the end of the interview, I'm very interested in this role. For all they know, during the interview, you may have changed your mind. Or for all they know, it was a practice interview all along, and you never really were that interested. The third thing you need to do, both at the end of the interview and also in your thank you note, is ever so briefly remind them why you think it's a good fit like in one or two sentences. I think this is a great fit because of my strong background in international relations, as well as my digital marketing experience. Assuming that those are two of your key selling points, your rev points. Um, you're not gonna go through a big long thing at that point because things are wrapping up. And also because a follow-up note should be pretty short. It should be like one screen uh, as they're looking at it on their computer. Um, and I said three and a half things. The half a thing is, if you feel like there's something you left out during the interview or something that, that could have been better, sometimes you can address it. So actually, it's not a half a thing. It's a full thing, but it's optional. You don't always have to do it. But for instance, if there's a great story or example uh, that you could tell, or you might say um, in your cover, in your thank you note, you might say something like, uh, while I did mention my eight years of direct professional experience in this subject, I didn't mention my volunteer work uh, in this closely related subject that taught me X. So you can add something. Um, now, it's not just about one follow-up note, because let's say the decision-making process drags on for weeks and weeks or even months and months, as can happen in some organizations. You want them to still be hearing from you frequently. You want to remind them that you're out there and that you're very interested and you're very motivated. This will make you stand out from the other people who don't. So about once a week, you send them another note uh, in which you, you don't ask them if they made a decision because that would be nagging. But instead, you just say, thank you again for our interview on such and such date. I wanted to update you that I'm still available and very much interested in the position. And then you want to try and add some little bit of conversational something or other that makes them feel that the conversation is continuing, that you're still thinking about the things that you discussed with them in the interview. And that will be much easier, by the way, if right after the interview, you go off somewhere and sit down and take extensive notes about everything that was discussed in the interview, um, what questions they asked, what your answers were what went well, what didn't, even the chit chat that they mentioned that their daughter was uh, playing uh, on her team and you hope that, you hope that she was going to win. In your follow-up note, you could say, um, I really hope your daughter, P.S., I hope your daughter won her soccer game. Um, and 
So also another thing, if you had a great, you would want to note in your notes afterwards, if you had a really great moment with them when the two of you were totally connecting or the whole panel, you're totally connecting on a certain topic. In one of your follow-up notes, maybe even weeks later, you could say, I still remember that great discussion we had about this new trend. And since then, I've been uh, learning some more about that. For instance, I don't know if you realize that blah, 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 or I discovered that X, or here's a link to something else. So that way they're starting to feel like it's almost like we already work together. And when it comes time to make the decision, you're the one who's going to stand out. You know, once again, we are running out of time. Why don't you tell our audience really quickly um, how to reach you and um, how to get your book? And yep. Okay, go for it. It's, um, go ahead. The title yeah. is, is Get That Job, The Quick and Complete Guide to a Winning Interview. You can get this uh, on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, Kobo. And um, I am available for interview coaching as well as resume and LinkedIn consultation and uh, job search strategy. And you can reach me via greatjobsooner.com, which is my blog. And by the way, if you subscribe to my blog, you get some free gifts, as you'll see there at the site. And there's also a contact button there where you can uh, contact me and let me know that you'd like to do a consultation to discuss working with me. No obligation on that. Um, yeah, greatjobsooner.com. And I would love to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on a second week. And again, you're such a wealth of knowledge that... We probably could have gone on for another hour, but the clock says that we have to um, stop. So I want to thank everybody who's listening today. Um, let you know a little bit about our show next week. It is our listener appreciation podcast. Um, it was a tough decision, but our topic is strategies for developing skills that will help you advance in your career. Our guest will be Kendall Bennett, who is an avid blogger on the subject. She has a fascinating story of how she quickly developed the skills she needed for her first job and how she has become an advocate for job seekers wanting to improve their skills so they can move forward into challenging positions. So I'm going to um, remind you that the challenge that our guest gave you last week was to work on your rev. And I still think that's very important and maybe add to that, um, do a little practice zoom with a, a friend so that you are comfortable with the platform. So until our next show, this is Lorraine Beeman encouraging you to take care of your career because you are the only one qualified to do it. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Career Central. Be sure to join your host, Lorraine Beeman, for another program next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week.